Hello, welcome. Welcome back to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Woo-hoo. I'm Sarah. I'm Katie. <laughs> and we don't have Allie here with us this week. Sorry, listeners. Not this week. <laughs> just the two of us back to the, the originals, the OG. Just the two of us. <laughs> yeah, it's just us. Yep. Um. Yeah, Um. first of all, I guess to do like shop is that what it's called talk shop no. talk shop yep yeah thank you again everyone who has listened and sent so many comments and direct messages and given us a lot of feedback like that's actually really important and we we do love it it's it's critical for us especially in the podcast uh to make it like better so thank you for giving us feedback and letting yes. us know what works for you what doesn't I mean, obviously, we still want to keep true to what we want with the podcast to make sure, like, our, you know, our end goal is is happening. But, like, yeah, it's good to hear the feedback and so we can make it better for everyone listening. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's real nice of (laughs) y'all. I think that's about it. And then, like, I guess to kind of recap a bit, last week we talked about Word of Wisdom. We did. Yes. If you have not listened, listen listen to it again or just go back and listen. I did. I was funny. It's like when we talked about that, I actually had quite a few more experiences with people who were like, wait, Mormons couldn't drink coffee or tea? Like, I <laughs> I just never knew that that was a thing. And I, I meant to research classic Sarah. Did not research. But I wanted to actually research, like, what is the reason behind not drinking tea and coffee like the health reason that mormons give because i know we talked about it a bit but like we didn't really come up with the main right i actually (laughs) couldn't find anything that was a legit reason besides (laughs) they used to say caffeine but now caffeine is not a real reason so it's more of a take it on faith obey just to obey type of thing at least in my opinion because I can't see any reason I, I couldn't find any credible reason to abstain from those things so oh classic of course mm-hmm. yeah well yeah. that's good to know that makes me feel better that if like I'm going to hell at least like there weren't like health side effects you know <laughs> <laughs> you won't be going there quicker because you'll die from drinking exactly yeah. although my teeth have gotten like a little tarnished from drinking too much tea so maybe the Mormons have something on that I've noticed <laughs> in my photos I was like oh my god my teeth aren't as white as they used to be Whatever. I gotta start staining them again <laughs> I know hashtag American um anyway yeah so that's that's basically all I had to say about that. We won't go into too much, you know, because that's our new goal, listeners, to keep our episodes at like 40-ish minutes. You're much welcome. more precise. 40 to an hour. I'm going to give us a little leeway because sometimes exactly. we like to chat. Yeah. And Katie will do a great job of reining me in and keeping me on track because we all know I'm a chatty Kathy and I just can't <laughs> help myself. On so this if show. I start snapping my fingers, listeners, I'm not being a bitch. I'm just <laughs> reining it. And, exactly. Yeah. No one take anything out on Katie. We've discussed it before. I told her to keep me in check. She gave me consent. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Actually, this is one of the things I was talking, Katie, I was kind of telling you about this before one of the um, 
uh, people at my company last night at the party when I was showing him the podcast, one of the episodes, I think it's the one about sex, is nearly two hours. And he's mm-hmm. like, bloody hell, fucking an hour and 50 <laughs> minutes. Like, Who has time for this? Exactly. He's like, how much can you talk about sex? Like... I was like, oh, you have you no idea. You said, oh, please try me, mister. I will show you how much I can. Yes. Because I can talk for days and days. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, so that's our new goal. So that's what's happening. They will be shorter, more concise, blah, blah, blah. You're welcome, motherfuckers. Um, yeah. And then this week, our topic is, Katie, take it away. <laughs> it is the... Protect LDS Children movement, which is centered around the inappropriate bishop interview questions. Uh, Ooh, this is such a good. I mean, it's a sad one. It's a very sad. Topic. It is sad. But we'll try to it, keep it light, but mm, yeah, but yeah. it's it's so important. Like this is one of the topics that gets my blood like boiling. Like I yes. just get. Usually, like, the topics make me angry. Okay, let's be honest. Word of Wisdom made me angry, but just because I was like, I love, you know, caramel macchiato. That's what (laughs) makes me angry, that I can't drink that. But this topic just makes me want to, like, punch Mormon bishops in the face. You know what I mean? It's a different type of anger when it's it's restricting your diet versus moral issues, right? Exactly, which usually mine are about one and the same. But in this scenario... (laughs) It's more so with this one. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, Katie knows all the facts as usual because she's amazing and does the research. And I'm just here to, you know, talk shit. But, um, so, so listeners would like, I'm going to give the background more of like how an interview works. And then Katie can give you all the actual. Perfect. Precise. I was going <laughs> to ask you to tell them how a worthiness interview goes. Oh, delightful. I can tell you. Okay. So, listener. So, whenever at the age starting at 12, again, yes. I'm always fact checking with Katie. I 12. did notice that sometimes they'll do these worthiness interviews at the age of seven because <gasps> baptism That's happens dumb. at eight. So, sometimes <gasps> these types of questions can be included in the baptism interview. But mostly it's just at the age of 12 on upwards. Girl, you just triggered something for me. <gasps> Did I? Oh, whoa. I totally forgot about that. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So I forgot like when I got baptized at eight because, okay, so listeners, I my mom was inactive for 10 years and I grew up in like a Baptist church until I was the age of seven. And then, so I like my like childhood is mostly like in that church and stuff, but then she came back to church right before so mormons get baptized at the age of eight like if they're brought up in the church you know like if they aren't converted they're baptized at eight and so i remember that whole process and you're right they do give you like a it's like an interview like a worthiness interview Mm -hmm. and you have to like pick people to like give the talk and the prayer and like all of this stuff and then you get this new shiny white dress that you wear in the baptism font and I remember because, like, I I told this. Did I tell this story? <laughs> this could be awkward to tell. I don't know, but wait. on air. But yeah, whatever. It's in my book, so it's eventually gonna come out. Uh, so like the first time I remember masturbating was probably at the age of four or five, 
and being like so ashamed of it, like that I, I told my mom and she was like, oh, you need to like repent of this basically. And like, I was really, really embarrassed and ashamed. And I, now that you said that, like triggered me when I got baptized, I felt like I wasn't worthy to get baptized because I did that. Oh, I'm sorry. But I didn't. And I remember when the bishop like asked me those questions, I lied because I was still so embarrassed. That, the like, sexual I didn't want shame to. is intense. Yeah. In yes. Yep. So yep, yes, yep. listeners, these start at the age of seven, but then they're seven. regular every year after you turn 12, every well, year up until you're 18, you get these and then you also get them as an adult, but they do start at the age of 12, like exactly. on a regular basis. Right. Yep. You get them on a regular basis and it's like the standard, like it's basically like... You know what I was actually thinking earlier too? It makes a good connection why like Mormons are so good at job interviews, I think, because we were interviewed basically oh, our entire life. That is I a good connection. Kill interviews. Yeah, I do. I'm like I don't have like the nervousness in the interview as much. And I think it's because we were so like you're interviewed with this man, like so listeners, you go in to this office, that's how the bishop's office looks. It's not like uh, it doesn't look very churchy. It looks like a formal office. Like, they may have a picture up of Christ or of a temple maybe. or something. But besides yeah. that, it's just an office. Yes. It's just an office. Yeah. And it's just you and this man who's probably, he's definitely no younger than 40. And they close the door. And they close the door and no one else is in there but just you and this man. Yes. And then they start asking you questions. like And like Katie said, it's about... I mean, definitely once a year, but you could have, like, aren't they, like, once every few months as well? You can definitely have them more, and especially as you get older, the more you want to attend the temple, you have to make sure you're, make, what's the word, make sure you're living these standards that they've set for you, so... Yeah, and you meet with him, and like you could just meet with him in general. Like, if you ever feel like you've committed a sin or that something needs right, to be repented, right. you like schedule to meet with your bishop and right. have a chat. Or if you're just like struggling with something, you always like go to your bishop and have a chat. Or like some so listeners, they so we haven't talked about this subject too much, but like in the Mormon Church, it's not like a bishop who preaches; it's like the members like each give a talk on some, not each of them, but there are like three speakers. And most of the time it's always like people from the congregation who mm-hmm. speak, not mm-hmm. a bishop. So if you have to give a talk, sometimes they'll call you in and like you meet with the bishop and they right. say like, we feel prompted to like give you this, you know, talk and this topic. And we want you to speak next Sunday on this topic. Right. And then you kind of like talk about it. I think it might be important to note here <laughs> that, Bishops are not official theologians in the Mormon church. They are just regular human beings, lay people, (laughs) and they have normal jobs. They work maybe nine to five or something doing a different job. And then they and and the bishop role changes out every few years. So it's not the constant bishop for, say, 30 years. It'll change. And they're not trained in any type of therapy or theology or anything like that. They're they're just another person in the congregation that has been, quote unquote, ordained by God to become a bishop. Exactly. I'm yes. so glad you po- pointed that out. So that's kind of the whole 
thing that we're talking about, the whole reason why I bring it up is because there's this, this movement that's happening in the Mormon church and outside the Mormon church. too. I would say it's both right. Mormons and non-Mormons bringing this up that these bishops are, you know, performing these, it's not just the interviews about like chastity and immorality and stuff like that, but it's also the fact that like, if, you know, these children, because again, it's starting at the age of seven and going until you're, you know, however old, but mostly, you know, these underage children from seven to 18 are going into these bishops. And if they say like, oh yeah, well, we have, you know, maybe masturbate or whatever, they're having to admit this to this man who has no training mm-hmm. in therapy and counseling and sexuality and theology, yes. like none of that. It's just, as Katie said, your average everyday man, like he's not trained to deal with this kind of stuff and it's totally affecting. And, and I can talk from experience, like I, it did affect me a lot, like having to talk to someone who wasn't trained and who said things that made me feel worse about mm-hmm. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like an uplifting experience. Like I always walked out feeling really shitty and like even more ashamed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and what's more, a lot of times you don't go in merely to confess. You'll go in and they ask you probing questions to ask you about your sexual life. So like mm-hmm. in these, like you were going to say, I'm sure Sarah, in these interviews, they have a list of questions they ask you. And yep. one of them, like you mentioned, is the law of chastity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. And, and in that, I'm sure you've experienced, they ask you about masturbation uh-huh. and yep. other sexual things, uh, which in my mind is inappropriate for anyone to ask a 12 year old, but oh, exactly. they get away with it. So, but did you experience that? Did they ask you that in your interviews? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Because I remember I always felt, and we've talked about this, I'm sure maybe offline. I don't know if I've ever actually <laughs> talked about this on the podcast, but um, that was one of my biggest, most darkest, deepest secrets as a Mormon was masturbation. And I would like fucking sweat bullets when I had these interviews and like feel sick to my stomach because as a kid, especially like, you know, starting at the age of seven and going until 18, that was something that I always felt so ashamed of. And when they would ask that question, they do probe like, oh, basically they ask you if you, you've committed sin with like someone else, like sexual sin with another person. But then they also ask like, you know, I don't know how they word it, but it's something like self-pleasure or something like that, where it's like, like they, I think they say that you defile yourself or you touch yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. Something like that. And I would always lie. I think I admitted it maybe twice. And I was so traumatized. Like, because they do, they go into more questions. It's not just like you say yes and move on. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, but what did you do? Or like for how long? Or like how often? And like, I, yes. for me, I, it's like such a traumatizing experience that I've oh, blocked out most of it. I'm so but sorry. But I do remember, yeah. like, yeah, at least I, I know I admitted it once. I don't know if I did it ever again, but it was like, yeah, asking like how often. Like, it was like a lot of questions that I was just like wanted to puke in the middle of it. It's disgusting. And then, so ever since then, I just stopped. And then I became, like, I, ha- I had the worst relationship with masturbation like I thought it was literally the most disgusting thing a person could do that's what the Mormon church teaches because it's a sexual sin which is equivalent to murder almost exactly right 
Yep. And so Even though I it's a it's... normal part of how it's a healthy part of how humans function. Yeah. Exactly. And I now I know that, but it took me until I was yes. I it, for me it was um not even right after I left the Mormon church. It took me a good about six months after leaving. So oh. closer to I was twenty nine before I finally was like I mean, we've talked about this. I wouldn't even buy my own vibrator. Like I, it took me six months until the first guy I dated bought me a vibrator, and I still felt so dirty about having one. Like, such lasting damage from that. Yeah, it's yep. such it's left, such emotional abuse. It really is. It really is. Mm-hmm. It really is. And like I, so listeners, when my this guy I was like seeing at the time, he he bought me this vibrator for Christmas, and I left it in the box for like two weeks, I think, because I was like, oh my god, oh. I. Can't like, I don't even know what's like, I, this is so ashamed. Like, I'm so embarrassed and like ashamed and like, blah, blah, blah. And then finally, like, I realized like, oh, it's like a healthy, normal thing. And like, people can talk about it. And it's not disgusting or something to be ashamed of. It's but how we all got here. Sex is good. <laughs> exactly. Yes. But yeah, and then like, imagine like you have like, for me, if I even thought about like, if I had a kid who was in an interview with this 12 year old man and like listeners also your bishops can be like I've totally had bishops where I had the creepiest vibes from like and here's the thing too I think it it should be said that probably most bishops in the Mormon church are good people exactly similarly to how most priests in the Catholic church Mm -hmm. are good Mm -hmm. people but that doesn't mean that the bad ones won't abuse their power and sexually or emotionally abuse minors mostly and we've seen it happen with the Catholic church very prevalently and it's just coming out now that these questions are extremely extremely inappropriate that the Mormon bishops some of them not all of them but some of them have been using I feel like I need to do hashtag not all bishops or something (laughs) exactly but it's true but you know what it's so annoying because I know that we're going to get backlash for this and people are going to say not all bishops but that's the whole thing okay fine not all bishops that's great but we're shedding light on the ones who do it and the reason that you shouldn't even have to have these conversations because this policy shouldn't even exist exactly exactly like, I don't want my child having to, I mean, not that I have a child, but my future children, I don't want them to, like, have to sit in any type of interview like that and feel like that's the norm and feel uncomfortable or ashamed or whatever, or also not knowing, like, what the hell is going on in there. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Imagine that scenario if it was their teacher at school asking them yep. if they masturbated or if it was, even if it was a police officer. You can't ask those questions unless there are safeguards in place to protect both the child and obviously the adult. So mm-hmm. it, it's ridiculous to me that this still is something that's practiced because it's completely inappropriate. Completely. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, too, so what Katie's going to go into the details a little bit more because she knows all the facts, but there's this campaign that, or this movement that's going on that's like protect LDS children. Mm-hmm. So if you guys also want to like look at that link, it's pretty cool. I think it's like protect LDS org. Yes. Uh, and they um, have a lot of stuff on social media too, that you can follow. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And so the guy who kind of initiated it is Sam Young. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. So 
of course, like Katie in the background. And then I just at one point, like I have a friend, I'm not going to say his name or anything like that, but he posted something that, oh, man, like it triggered such a response. But how he wrote, he wrote it was beautiful. And then he had like 115 comments. And I went down the rabbit hole and read these comments for Mormons. And my mind was blown. Were, like, they, cannot... were they opposed to this? Yeah, so I'm not going to go into like all of it. And like, I just want to say a little bit before Katie goes into like the main part of it. But just one thing that he said, and this is what I think sums up perfectly. Parents first and train counselors, therapists, if necessary. And then he puts in brackets. We have many in our congregations around the world and we can afford to hire them when needed. Should be the only ones who discuss sexual things with our children in a safe, non-shame inducing environment. Not the plumber or the accountant down the street who put on a shirt and tie, volunteers for God, but has no formal training in sexual things in a room alone with a child. At best, it's clumsy and embarrassing. At worst, it's neglectful, irresponsible, and abusive. Yes. Like, holy shit. And he did such a good job, but everyone who responded, who were like Mormons who were pissed, their main agreement was like, you know what, you're basically saying that, like, you're, you're, basically it was all about, like, bishops not being the person to blame. They're like, how can you say that? Bishops have the power of God and the (gasps) priesthood and, like, they're ordained of God. So that's all they could focus on. Again, they're not focusing on the entire point that it doesn't matter. And also, I was so tempted to comment because listeners, quite often, Mormons will say, the church is like the people are imperfect, but the church is perfect. <laughs> and if we're going to follow that principle, then that should be applied to bishops as well. They're mm-hmm. imperfect people. And some of them may be child, you know, whatever. They're not trained to deal with this type of stuff. Right. And if we're going to say so that, true. then we shouldn't have these policies that have that no matter if they're ordained of God or have the priesthood power. Like <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's not the whole point of this conversation. Yes. Yes. Anyways, those are my two cents. Now, Katie, get into it. That was great. That was great. I love that post. (laughs) And I think that uh, I'm glad people are speaking out about it. And I've noticed that a lot of active LDS people even are in support of it. Yeah, me too. And I I think it's great. Yeah. So so to give a little bit of a backstory, Sam Young, he's a believer. He was a Mormon. and he had daughters who he found out through their teenage years, they came to him afterwards and told him that they had been asked very sexually explicit questions in their bishop interviews. And he was troubled by it and he thought that he should investigate. So he asked, he conducted a bunch of interviews. He sent out lots of you know, just asking people to write to him, got lots of stories, and he compiled all of these stories of different people who have had these very inappropriate sexual questions asked of them, especially when they were teenagers. There were over 600 people that sent him this story yes and he said he's gotten personal messages that are over 2000 
but the ones uh, that are published, you can go to protectldschildren.org and you can see the 600. I think it's it may even be closer to 800, but that is insane. He has more personal ones that you know instances of people who have come to him that and they've had lifelong trauma from these questions and he compiled a list on his blog of the most commonly heard very troublesome questions which I feel like I should read some of them to you but I'm not going to read all of them because there's 29 but they're very troubling do you want to hear some I won't. Yeah, I would love to. I think you should definitely okay. Um, okay. say some of them. So, of course, there's do you masturbate? What were you thinking of while you masturbated? <gasps> they asked, what are you thinking about when you masturbate? Yes. And <gasps> then they asked, when was the last time you watched pornography? Wow. Do you masturbate while you watch pornography? Well, uh, oh, just these are so gross. I don't even want to say them. Um, they ask, did you orgasm? No, they did not. Yeah. And these are in a compilation of over 800. So he took the 29 most common. Did you orgasm is in it. And I bet that was only asked to women gross probably <laughs> describe the sexual positions you engaged in Whoa. did you engage in oral sex did you ejaculate or did he ejaculate where did he ejaculate <gasps> did you engage in anal sex oh my God. uh did you touch his penis did he penetrate you did he touch your breast it goes on but the worst part is they say these things, these following ones, to rape victims. They've no, said, they don't. They've said, did you like <sighs> it? Did you orgasm? And what were you wearing? That just made me tear up, actually. It's, it's wow. so gross. And I really, really, really hate saying it. And I'm sorry, listeners, that you had to hear that. I'll put a trigger warning on this episode. But it's extremely disgusting that so many people have reported these questions being asked of them, especially young people. God. Um, and he discovered this and he's recorded the he has interviews, he has written letters from all these people. And so what Sam Young did is he created a petition to change this and to say in our worthiness interviews for children, don't ask, sec So I guess it was, so no one-on-one -on -one interviews, always have someone else in the room and no sexually explicit questions ever. And that's what he was working towards. That's what his whole campaign, his whole petition was for, which is, I think, a very amazing cause. And, exactly. And the church was ignoring him. And they, they basically didn't give him any time of day. And he kept petitioning and he got all these followers and he even went on a hunger strike and um 
the the church eventually excommunicated him because oh of my it, god even they though he's a believer him. yeah wow all because he was challenging them yeah and challenging this how and all of these children. people these like, children have been abused by bishops who haven't gotten any training on how to ask these questions it, it's really sad it's really sad <sighs> That just like makes me so angry. Like mm-hmm. as a as a church member, and I'm I'm even trying to understand this from the point of an organization. Like, why does it matter? Like, why would you not want to change this policy? Like, what is it that you you want to hold tight to? Like, I I'm assuming it's fact- because they they want to say that they need the revelation from God to change it versus revelation from humans or something of that. Uh-huh. Kind, I have no idea, but they did issue a. I don't know if it was a press release or something, but they issued a change. They they called it in the interviews where a child can request a parent to be present during the interviews now. But the problem with that is that if a child requests a parent to be present, it's insinuating distrust of their bishop. So that's yeah, exactly. going to be culturally problematic. So it's not solving anything well and also like you know it's it's also about the questions as well like exactly if if i'm gonna be sitting there in this interview and i'm just imagining little like 12 year old sarah like sitting in an interview and being like oh can i have my mom in there and when they ask questions about like sexual stuff like i don't want my parents like i don't want my mom in the room with me much less this old dude talking about sex. But, yeah, I also don't want my mom in there. Like, and maybe that's because of how, like, sex has been so shame-based in the Mormon church that I feel that way. But, like, I I just think it's an all-around horrible solution to the problem. Completely. It's just the questions Completely. that are asked. Like, Yes, and they want you to supposedly tell the truth. But if you tell the truth... You could get all of these awful, extremely explicit questions that a 40 plus year old man should never ask anyone, let alone a young, an underage child. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting to note, which we could probably go into more detail in another episode, but there was a, uh, a woman, a woman missionary in the Provo MTC who got raped by her, the missionary, the mission president. And it was, Oh my God, that's that article did. Oh, can I give a shout out? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. And I'm assuming this is the same article. This is the article my friend Lisa sent me about, cause she served a mission and she will be on the show in a few weeks or next. I don't remember. doesn't matter. Point being, she's a sister missionary and she sent me this article and it like, it's intense. Like maybe we should send that the link in our story. Cause I think everyone oh, yeah. should. That. Yeah. Like that is a story. It's, it's dark stuff. Like it's pretty heavy. So be prepared, but I think everyone should hear it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's something everyone needs to know. Sorry. I didn't mean to sidetrack you. Just no, no. Because there is, there have been cases of rape in the actual MTC. And there is a man who he's even confessed to this and he's, still in 
good standing. He's still a Mormon, and yet they excommunicate Sam Young for advocating for protection of children from these predators. Can I just repeat this so that listeners fully understand what Katie just said? Yes. So men in the church who are known to have raped women or men, whatever, I don't know each case, um, were not excommunicated, but are still like in good standing in the Mormon church. But Sam Young, who is the man who, you know, initiated this whole campaign to protect LDS children and ask these questions, got excommunicated. Yep. Yes. What in the hell? Doesn't it make your blood boil? Oh. Horrible. And I'm sure there I hope there are listeners that can resonate with this because at least I know, same with you, Sarah, that I was questioned about my sexuality and I was also shamed Mm -hmm. for being a woman and for what I wore and how it was exciting boys and men. And you're made to feel extremely dirty. You're made to feel bad. Sex is, it's very shameful in the most intense way. And so to have children subjected to this can have profound, profound consequences that are awful for them Mm -hmm. in their adult lives that we, for example, the, it just takes forever to overcome, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Wait, sorry? It, yeah, it just takes a long time to overcome, especially how you were just saying it took you until you were 29 to yeah. even feel okay with anything sexual, which yeah, is and, very sad. Mm-hmm, exactly yeah. what you're saying. And I would, I would even go further to say that like it's still a process for me. Like, I mean, there are still days now where I feel like I mean just like maybe a week ago I kind of had a a down day where I got in my head and I thought you know what maybe maybe the Mormon church is right like I'm just like having sex with people I'm not married to or people who I'm not dating or in love with and like this is shameful like and especially the whole woman thing it's like you know no man's gonna want to marry this in the future because I've had multiple partners and like blah 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 I hate that and yeah, and I just really, like, and it kind of hit me, like, okay, Sarah, like, I had to tell myself, all right, Sarah, like, this is a process, like, I mean, it's been 29 years of damage, and now you're going to have to undo all of that, and it's not going to happen overnight, and I was kind of a little bit naive to think it would happen in a year or two years, like, it's an ongoing process, you know, that, right. and, and that's why I think this campaign is so important, and especially just talking about, for me, my passion is definitely sex in the Mormon church, because I can like that's the thing that's had the one of the biggest impacts on my life now like and feeling that shame and that guilt and it almost always comes down to that and so like making some type of movement where children are exposed to this kind of stuff they're not exposed to feeling ashamed or guilty or especially when it comes to sex and especially when they're having to talk to this stranger this strange man about it when they're mm-hmm. already feeling uncomfortable, like that just creates all kinds of levels of insecurities and doubt and shame in a relationship to sex. And it shouldn't be that way. 100%. Like, yeah. Yes. I completely agree. Yes. It blows my mind. Me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Uh. Um, well, on a positive note, though, I don't know. Do we have much more to say about 
this. No, without me getting really mad, there's not much. That's more the thing to is, say. I get really mad and I get really sad, and then I just yeah. <laughs> I guess you can sign the petition. Um, yes. Even though Sam Young's been excommunicated, I don't know what more we we can all try to do, but we can try to support those efforts, sign the petition, follow them on social media, and I guess just give your support. Is yeah, that- and and also I think it would be really, I mean, again, obviously we don't want to force anyone to tell their, their truth if they're not ready to, but... Um, listeners, we love hearing your stories, and if someone who is listening to this has an example of something like that that they want to talk about, I mean, I would be happy to do a follow-up episode and to help with Sam Young, like his his campaign as well, and even getting more and more stories told to like Me show this, yes. is, this is a problem, this is an issue. Katie and I have both experienced it ourselves, like, and we're just two out of how many millions of Mormons around the world, you know, like, yes. and for me, it's really important to shed light on this and to make sure people feel like they can share their stories and not feel like, oh, but he only asked this one question. It doesn't matter. It's the same with like rape culture. Like it doesn't matter if it's just like you think it's downplaying it a bit. Like it's still a serious issue. It's still something that affects you and it makes you see things in a way that's not actually true. It misconstrues misconstrues the truth. That's a hard thing. Exactly. Yes. 100%. Um, I agree. Yeah, so if you have stories and you feel comfortable and you think it would help, like send it. And I'm, we're both more than happy to do like a follow up episode and shed some light on that because I know it's a difficult thing to talk about. And if maybe you're not, listeners aren't ready to talk about it yourself, we can share your stories for you and just let people know that this is still an issue and it's something that needs to be resolved and yeah, talked about. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But on a positive note, which, I mean, that's also positive, but a more positive note, we got a message from a listener this week, or maybe it was last week, my mind. I was so happy you're reading this. I was going to bring it up, too. You read my mind. (laughs) I have to because it brings such joy to my heart, and it's honest to God the reason why Katie and I started this podcast and why we felt so passionate about it and why we still do and why... You know, we're recording via Skype on our basic ass equipment and making time to do it in different time zones because we feel this passionate about it. Yes. And just this is the whole reason. So anyway, so we, we got a really lovely message from a listener who told us that, you know, she found our podcast a couple of days ago and she loves it and relates to everything we share. And then this is the part. She said, I've been trying to leave the church for years and I always get scared and end up drifting back even though I don't believe it because it's familiar. Your podcast has encouraged me to make the move away from the church and I wanted to say thank you. Oh! Uh, like, it makes us so happy. And, you know, you listener, you know who you are and we hope that, like, you continue to get the support and encouragement you need and that, like, it's it's definitely not a an easy um, process, but it's rewarding in the end to know that you're free from this brainwashing situation that's making you feel this way. So we're very, very happy that um, you've left and we hope that we continue to do the same for other listeners. And again, just to emphasize, this is, this is why we're doing it. It's not just so I can fart and burp on a podcast (laughs) and talk about my sex stories. It's because we're, we're really passionate about this and we hope that, uh, yeah, we can, 
continue to have a platform for people to share their stories and feel comfortable and know that they have support if they do want to leave the church. Yeah, you have a community here and we're your friends. We got you. We got you. We might be very uncouth and that's just me, but uh, we got you back. Yes. We're here. Yes. So yeah, so that's what we wanted to end on a positive high note and uh, hope you guys continue to, to share the love and send us messages and support. And as usual, I have to say it, but go to iTunes if you have it or Google Play, but especially iTunes and subscribe and like us and love us and do all the kind yes. things. And if you enjoy our podcast, you could also share us on social media if you don't mind. If you want to, go for it. So, It's very true. Um, Yeah, and then um, this is like the awkward, uncomfortable point for me. but And Katie as well, it's not just me. But we love you guys, and we've heard some some people say that we should set up, what is it called? A, A Patreon. A Patreon account, and it's not because, of course, we're still going to do this no matter what, because, again, we emphasize in the beginning, this is, like, what we love doing, and we want to do it, but, yeah, if you guys feel so inclined that you want to send us a dollar or two to help with the equipment and making this a better quality for you listeners to hear, um, yeah, you can do that as well, but, yeah, that's our awkward plug for (laughs) now. It makes yeah. me cringe. It, like, it sucks asking God. for money, but when I hate it, like even just right now, I was just like, I can't do it anymore. But I know that also, it's not just us saying it because Katie and I have, right. we haven't mentioned it ourselves. Like we got it from actual listeners who sent us messages right. telling us to set it up. So, right. um, so we don't want to feel like you you've benefited from what we said, or if you feel like you'd like to, to support, let us know. We'll set up a Patreon. And we would be if you don't, very grateful. But if exactly. you don't, that's fine. Yeah. If you don't, <laughs> totally fine. We just feel very uncomfortable even talking about it. So anyways, I'm going to change the subject because I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a good episode. Thank you for listening. Yeah. And we love you guys. And uh, next week, or actually, yeah, is it next week? Well, it doesn't matter. Our next episode will be for another speaker a guest speaker will be on um with really cool interesting stories and we're super pumped to have her on the podcast so yeah so the next episode will be another one with a guest speaker yay awesome all right thanks everybody Uh, thanks Uh, bye-bye bye-bye